I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days, breaking down the entire NFL team by team for you, getting ready for the 2021 NFL season. My name is Neil Smith, joined as always by Steve Bonham. Howdy, howdy. Not two howdies. And, yeah, uh, that's right, double the howdy this time. <laughs> and as always, we're recording this today on July 31st, so if anything we say sounds dated, uh, that would be why. So check out the wrap-up show where we will update anything that happens uh, between when we record this and right before the season starts to make sure everybody gets the most current information. The We will be referencing everything today, 12-team PPR, as always. That's what this is all based on. And we're going to be referencing the Fantasy Pros ECR. Shout out to Fantasy Pros and also our own collateral. Uh, check that out at importantnonsense.com and also at importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. Sign up to get our exclusive content. If you like what you hear, help us keep the lights on. We would appreciate it. So today, Steve, is a very special day because we're going to sit down and talk about the Green Bay Packers, a topic that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. Is life well, we'll see you later, everybody. It's yeah. a good episode. Good show. It's a good one to go out on too, right? So <laughs> Green Bay, this offseason, just a, just a, what a mess, right? Just, just everything is kind of falling apart over there. If you, you, if you read even the most cursory of news, mm-hmm. you will see the Aaron Rodgers news, the holdout, the re-signing, restructuring, the fight that they had during the off season, the just you know, all with, with people that have had to deal with the Packers for so long. It's been nice. It's been really nice. It's been a good change of pace. <laughs> it has been, uh, it's been really good to just not hear about how great Packers are and what a great org they are it's been it's been pretty enjoyable this well, I know you've had a fun off season as always interacting with the packer fans on twitter oh you know? the, the cleti they haven't been as out as much this year, so yeah that's all right haven't had a lot to talk about they've been know? a little sad there have been some been sad little... cleti and that's okay i understand it i get it it's fine they've been a little preoccupied you know trying to figure out why their quarterback is trying to leave them so well, it's it's one of those things where as far as offseason moves, there's just a lot of fighting and not too much in the way of actual like meaningful moves as far as things that would actually help that offense. Defense, maybe a little bit, but offense, not so much, which really does dovetail nicely into we referenced him a moment ago. Let's just get right into it. Aaron Rodgers. So the debate back and forth for months has been, is Aaron Rodgers actually going to show up and play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Uh I know you you and I have been saying for the longest time that either he would or he would, you know, there was some smoke saying he would retire or he would sit out. That would never happen. Yeah. That doesn't seem likely to happen. And sitting out doesn't make any sense financially anymore, given the new CBA. So you can rule those possibilities out pretty much right away. The goal here was either to trade him or to get him to be happy enough to come back and try and ride this out one more time. Right. So in a very visible and public beef that Aaron Rodgers had with <laughs> With uh, his his current leadership, uh, they did. We were able last week, or really yesterday, effectively, Pretty to much. go ahead to go ahead and get a reworked contract in place with Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He has reported to camp this week. He has been participating in team activities, and basically, as of now, 
he will be your starting quarterback in Green Bay for the 2021 season. And since this is focused on redraft, we're not going to spend too much time talking about beyond that. But in all likelihood, you know what I will say, if you have been following the story or even if you haven't, do yourself a favor. And if you have not already seen it, go back to two days ago, which would now be July 29th and find the 17 minute press conference interview he did after the first day of training camp. I am camp. so glad you brought this up because I was uh, bring it myself. Chef's kiss. So good. If you like so entertainment, uh, go carve out 17 minutes to watch it because to watch him rattle off unprompted all the names of all the players on both offense and defense that they have traded, released, or not re-signed. Just disrespected in, over the years. In basically yeah. alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Like it's It was so surreal to watch him just by in order list off all the players that he used to play with that they no longer have and he felt were disrespected on their way out he just rattled them off so effortlessly that it's no you can't tell that he's been working on this for a long time that mm-hmm. this is <laughs> he's got a whole laundry list and apparently Jake Kumaro was the straw that broke the camel's back in uh in all realistic terms which was fascinating right. uh, to also witness so that all to one side, right? I agree. Go check that out if you haven't seen it, because I have yet. That's like a scathing review amazing. of the of the. It's it's amazing television. And also, if you can't find the video, just read it because they wrote a transcript of it and they put it up on Twitter in written form. It's also amazing. Yeah. It's 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 fantastic. It's really the highlight of the off season, as far as I'm concerned. So far, yes, it's, it's, it's like my favorite thing. So Aaron Rodgers, they do manage to get it worked out. All the beeps aside, he will be playing for them at all. It appears as of right now in 2021, they seem to have worked out some sort of armistice amongst the two camps to actually get this done and get this season to happen. I think that there's virtually no chance he's starting for the Green Bay Packers in 2022. But We'll talk about that throughout the season and in the offseason. For now, what you need to know is Aaron Rodgers is going to be there and he's going to be playing. That seems to be that seems to be the case. So it's yeah. uh, and we've talked several times about Konami code quarterbacks and how that's kind of what you want. And he, to me, is the top of that tier or at least in that tier of the guys right outside of Konami. So yes. you have seven quarterbacks that really are runners and passers. Then I have Justin Herbert one spot ahead of Aaron Rodgers at eight Rodgers at nine. So. There you go. That, I also have Rodgers at nine. I have Herbert one spot yeah. higher than you, but I have Rodgers. I yeah. have Rodgers at nine as well. I think you feel great about it. He's coming yep. off that MVP season. I think you know what you're going to get. And, you know, he might not. I, I, some people would say, well, MVP season, why wouldn't you put him higher? And I'm like, yeah, check out previous years from Aaron Rodgers to to see why, even after, after an MVP season, he's only just barely inside the top 10. What? But even then, it's it's like we were saying before, if if you don't have that rushing floor, you're really not going to make it to the top five. It's you have no, to have not what happen. he was able to do last year and finish, I believe, is number three. I'd have to double check, but something like that. He was definitely top five in fantasy points last season, and he did it without having the rushing floor. And it's because he put up over 40 passing touchdowns. He had a massive year in terms of yardage and completions and no virtually no interceptions like he he had one of the best statistical seasons you can possibly have as a quarterback and that's what you're talking about to have a top five fantasy season if you don't rush the ball as well 
So you can't possibly predict that to happen again. Yes, but of the of the non Konami Code quarterbacks, we both agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Herbert, then Rodgers, and yeah. then and Brady. And, it's and then those Brady. guys, yeah. and then another tier. Yeah, and then another tier. Exactly. So if you are one of those individuals who's looking for a top five return to form Aaron Rodgers season, I think both of us would urge you to probably rethink that. And you can still get Aaron Rodgers on your team and have a lot of success in fantasy football. I'm just not willing to. Overpay. I'm not willing to overpay to do so. There are other guys that are in that range that that will help you out just fine. So Rogers, there you go. It's all worked out. They, what a giant mess that that whole situation (laughs) has become and devolved into. I can't believe they were able to get it worked out. Luckily, that's the only quarterback we have to talk about in Green Bay. Exactly. And so we're going to just move right into what matters, right? What matters for the Green Bay Packers is Devontae Adams, who was also beefing with Green Bay front office when it looked like Aaron Rodgers might not be showing up. I could totally see why Devontae Adams is like, I have no interest in going back out here. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But no, he's, we've talked about this for me. He's the wide receiver one with Rodgers. Now we know the Rodgers will be there. That ends that conversation for me with Rodgers still there. Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one. Don't necessarily feel like I have to overpay for it because he's still in that tier with the other two guys. But for me personally, that's the best wide receiver in football on paper coming into this season. He looks amazing in camp as an aside with that. Do you? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing you and I are more or less on the same page, except for I know you have Stefan Diggs at one. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I have I have Adams, too. And that again, that's just personal preference for consistency. Adams has missed at least two games each of the last two years. So just something to keep in mind. But on a per-game basis, he continues to be a dominant factor. And we'll see if the uh, minor pieces that they have added around Adams affects his target share at all. But I don't think it will. Nope, not really worried about it one little bit. And uh, yeah, you can take those top three guys, as we've mentioned before, Adams, Diggs, and Hopkins, and order them however you like. It is likely personal preference at that point. That is your tier. For me, Adams just barely edges out the other two. And that really... Beyond that, I mean, we can just go right into wide receiver here. And as there's not a whole lot else to talk about, though, which is which is what's interesting here, because in the offseason, they went ahead and uh, drafted Amari Rogers, brought him into the mix, which, you know, is a nice little thing. But it's not really what I think Aaron Rodgers is looking for in terms of a quality wide receiver option as far as an yeah. upgrade. Spent Alan- a third round pick on him. Yep. Yeah, which is fine. Amari Rogers, very fast, has potential to be an actual NFL caliber player, but is not somebody that is going to walk through the door and immediately, you know, be a game changer for the wide receiver room for Green Bay. Realistically, you're looking at guys like Alan Lazard, who is still there, who we've seen have, you know, meaningful production when he's actually healthy, but that's always been the issue. Can Alan Lazard actually remain healthy long enough to actually matter for that organization? So not something you want to get heavily invested in, in my opinion. You still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. MVS is still there. I would argue that I don't care that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still there. Equinemius St. Brown, still there. I have the same response to that. Mm-hmm. Malik Taylor, same thing, still there. Don't care. Still don't care. So realistically, you're talking about Alan Lazard was the only fantasy useful consistently fantasy, mm, borderline fantasy consistently <laughs> useful uh, wide receiver for the entire room that's not named Devontae Adams. And then they brought back Randall Cobb last week, actually while we were, no, that was a couple days ago. They got that deal ago, finalized. Yeah. yeah, they got that deal finalized. Sent a sixth round pick over to Houston. Houston's going to pick up some of Rod- Randall Cobb's salary. Cobb is back. It was part of the deal that they struck with Aaron Rodgers. They bring back one of his historical favorite targets 
back to the team. Randall Cobb, he's only 30 years old and people want to write him off. I would argue that there's some justification to that given how healthy he's been able to stay over his career. But do we view what, how do we feel about Randall Cobb? This is all fresh information, right? How, how do we want to discuss Randall Cobb coming back? So mainly what you have to remember is Adams doesn't move around a ton, some, but not a lot. So primarily he's going to be your Z receiver. You've got the X receiver is the battle. Amari Rogers was really going to be the heir apparent there in the slot. That was going to be his role that nobody was competing with. And now they went out and got Randall Cobb. So they're not going to pay that money to Randall Cobb. They're not going to make the trade to get Randall Cobb if they're not going to use him. Yes, I understand it was a condition of Rodgers coming back, but Rodgers wouldn't want him to come in just to hang. So he is he has the connection. He's going to be the starting slot receiver. Amari Rodgers fades to the back. And then you've got Lazard and Valdez Scantling. And they both do two very different things, right? Lazard can be a guy that runs down the field and gets you big yardage, but for the most part, he's just a possession receiver that's good route cutting on the out routes. Whereas MVS, all he can do is outrun people, sprint down the field with his hands up, and then you hope that when he's wide open with 10 yards of gap and the ball in his hands, he doesn't drop. That's yeah, it. and historically, that's been the issue. So for me, the way that I have projected it out is essentially that Randall Cobb comes in as the number two guy in targets. And it's not necessarily because he's the most talented or he's the best option available, but simply because he's the only guy that no one's competing with for his role. They're going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. He's going to be the guy in the slot getting a majority of those targets over the middle, whereas Lazard and Rogers will be competing on the outside, or I'm sorry, Lazard and Scantling will be competing with each other on the outside for the snaps, for that role in the X, trying to get on the field and do something productive. I think they ultimately cannibalize each other so that neither one really matters. Cobb is going to be interesting only in the sense that because of his pass catching over the middle, because of Rogers' rapport and trust with him, I think more than anything, not only does it fade Amari Rogers, but I think it kills anyone who is still clinging on to hope of Robert Tunyon repeating what he did less. And that's a really good point because we haven't referenced tight end yet. But in all likelihood, you know, just to reference Amari Rogers first, Amari Rogers was basically undraftable before Randall Cobb got there for yeah. me. So realistically, that doesn't change much. He just goes to the back of the pack there and he'll get a he'll get basically a red shirt year. He will play some. Mm-hmm. Randall Cobb is not exactly the picture of health, as we've referenced over time. So he will get on the field, but it's not something that you need to draft. Well, I would argue and that's the thing, too, like with the ECR. Lazard is at 74, MVS at 81, Cobb at 87. And that's where I'm building to is because realistically, none of these guys are things that I would really be excited about drafting as far as preparing you for draft day. They are all names. ADP, you've got Lazard 73, Cobb 75, Rogers 81, and MVS at 88. Yeah. There you go. You can have any of them you want for free. You can pick them up for, from waivers if that's what you want to do. But yeah, none of them really. I, I'm interested in MVS and Cobb uh, in the back end of your best ball underdog drafts. Because why not? Again, you don't, the, the zero weeks don't matter. Give me the big weeks only. Those are, those are dart throws I'm willing to take. But in a redraft or even a dynasty, no thanks. Yeah, realistically, these are all names you need to know because at some point somebody might be able to establish themselves to some level. 
So for me, it's it's just they all kind of eat each other. So it's really divine. And then even with the incredible ceiling they're going to have as far as total pass attempts, uh, Devontae Adams eats so much of it that the rest of it just kind of all feeds into it in and of feeds into itself. So there's not a whole lot that you really and I'm including Tunyon in that. So there's there's not a whole lot to really get super excited about beyond Devontae Adams. Will these guys have value? Are they names that you need to know? I would argue yes. But are they things that you need to be drafting? Tunyon, you probably would have to draft. But outside of that, you're looking at these are all guys that will be available for you or should be available for you on the waiver wire. And so they'll all have value at various points along the way during the season, theoretically. But trying to figure out on a weekly basis who is going to be the one that scores at this point where we are right now prepping, I would advise you to just stay away from all of it, except for Devontae Adams and possibly some of the running back stuff that we'll talk about in a moment. But as far as anything not named Devontae Adams, it's a pass catcher. I'm fading all of it. Would you agree with that? Generally speaking, like it's yep. not really something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And sorry, Robert Tunyon, but yeah, Randall Cobb came in and just took off all the shine that could have possibly existed within that. So we could talk about Robert Tunyon actually in a direct manner right now. So right now, I mean, he was at one point coming in around like the, the, the tennis neighborhood for a lot of folks. Uh, as far as tight end, not here at importantnonsense.com. But if you reference like the historical ECR and things like that, he was sitting around like tight end 10. Mm-hmm. And with Cobb and things like that, I'm just not sold on that idea. So no, for me, I've got Robert Tanyan a little bit closer to like 16, 17, that Jared Cook, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry range, the Boston TE party, as we will talk about in a uh, <laughs> in a week. So that's... Uh, that's kind of, uh, by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm burying the lead on that. Shout out to uh, Johnu Smith, because that's his joke yeah. that he made on Twitter. And I love it. Uh, that's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a great joke. So it's, um, for me, there's just not too much to get excited about. You've got a guy in yeah. Tunyon who I don't think can get into even the top 15 at tight end at a position that is just so weak that that shouldn't be that hard. Nothing else on wide receiver really meaningfully matters. It's get Tavante Adams. And if you want to draft Aaron Rodgers, just don't overpay for it so far. So just to just to just to talk about the last group of folks that might actually matter, let's talk about running back. And historically, we have never. Well, oh, sorry. To put a bow on that, Robert Tunyon is right now in ADP and the ECR going at tight end ten. So yeah, so it's, it's, I would argue- it's just going to be a price too high for, for me to be interested. in. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna agree on that as well. We're gonna move Robert Tunyon off, yep. and the the way that the. The whole thing's it's just a giant hot mess. Somebody will establish themselves. So if you want to get a value, you can, but I'm not paying for it in the draft. And then just running back, Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones at this point, right? Yep. I mean, we're, we're not really having the same conversation, I feel, that we've had to have about Aaron Jones in the past as far as people wanting to anoint him as like the world's greatest running back. But he's still there, and there's no more Jamal Williams. So for me, he's RB7. And yeah. in best ball, as an aside, I, I love it even more because you don't have to figure out the down weeks. Exactly. That's yeah, that, that's the same thing as we talked. The whole Kledi came from me talking about how Aaron Jones is just not the Messiah you believe him to be. And he hits on those boom weeks and it's great, but it's the bust weeks you have to worry about. And when Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams have both been healthy and on the team, Aaron Jones has struggled to be even a top 20 running back, but there's no more Jamal Williams. Yes, they still have Devontae Adams, but they're going to run the ball. He is going to get more pass-catching work this year than he ever has before, and because of that, I'm comfortable finally taking him in the top 10, whereas I never could justify that before, and I would say, generally speaking, I was correct. 
Yeah, overall, except for the one weird outlier year. Other than that, that that lo- that logic train has panned out. Mm-hmm. But this year's a little bit different. So we are a little bit more bullish on Aaron Jones as a website, and we're more in line with everyone else because the hype train seems to have died down on the conversation that people were trying to have at one point about him being like the number three overall in fantasy. And I'm like, no, 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 that's yeah. insanity. Yeah, even and, like uh, in the ADP, in ADP right now, which again, when did we ever think this would happen? But the ECR has him at nine. ADP has him at 10. So just as a site, we are higher on Aaron Jones than the general public. Go yeah. figure. And I, it feeds into the conversation we just had about their wide receiver room. Outside of Devontae Adams, there's nothing else that's consistent enough to have to have any value. And they're right. going to throw a lot more dump offs. And they always throw dump offs. But now you've only got two guys because the final player they have is A.J. Dillon. That's really it. They don't have much else in the way of running back unless you really want to buy into Dexter Williams, but I sure don't. Right. So beyond that, you're talking about, you're talking about it's AJ Dillon who they drafted and who they seem to like and found, had some struggles early in his career, admittedly had some issues and then had a problem getting on the field because he's competing with Aaron Jones and, and uh, Jamal Williams who, you know, NFL level players, he was struggling to get on the field, but they do like him and he will play meaningful snaps for the Packers this season. It would appear. But I want to talk about him just a little bit because I've got him at running back 45. Our projections have him out at running back 44. But if you go to certain, you would reference certain circles of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cadre of people that I've run into that believes that AJ Dillon is the next big breakout star. For me, I don't see it. But do you? Uh, I've got AJ Dillon right there at 41. So I'm more in the mindset you know, with you in the ECR, the, the ECR right now has him at 44 ADP has him going at 40. So I'm at this point, I'm getting any shares of AJ Dillon at the price I'm comfortable taking him. So I'm good with that. I feel like he falls into that same Jamal Williams role that we've talked about, right? Where he's going to get pass catching work as a potential three down back. He's also going to spell Aaron Jones because they're not going to give him the full workload. Again, we're talking about Matt LaFleur. The guy who famously gave Dion Lewis carries over Derrick Henry That's and right. refused to let Derrick Henry have a full workload because he believes in a committee that much. So AJ Dillon becomes that number two. He has a viable uh, upside here to be potentially a top 20 back if Aaron Jones goes down. And that's why I'm willing to invest in a guy that definitely will have a role. He's in the same category and my same tier as Jamal Williams, because like I said, he's he's got a role all on his own that has potential flex value on a weekly basis, but also has that upside in case he has to step into a larger role. And that's that's the key, though. So I, I would say don't overpay is the thing, though, because yeah. in certain drafts and certain rooms, people get a little crazy with A.J. Dillon. We've kind of had the same experience, I think, around that. So just that would be my advice is. Everything you said is true. Just don't overpay for it. Yep. That's that's really the the advice. So the Packers is an interesting one because they're going to put up so many points and they're going to throw so much and they're going to have so much success on offense and their defense is still going to be pretty bad. Yeah. It's not going to be the Lions defense, but it's going to be a bad defense uh unless something amazing dramatically amazing starts to happen, right? We right. So they're going to have a lot of opportunity to be on the ball and they should have success moving the ball with Aaron Rodgers like they typically do. But it's very interesting because realistically, 
the Packers, the only point centers that you can really reliably count on are Rodgers himself, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Beyond that, unless you're one of the folks who will do something which we just told you not to do and really get yourself all invested in Packer tight end, mm-hmm. there's not much else to talk about. Like Beyond that, that's, that's kind of it. Everything else is kind of just an ancillary piece. It's very interesting how much success they're able to wrangle out of out of uh, out of just nothing, right? Yeah. Out of just Devonte Adams. And it's again, only- like going just briefly going back to AJ Dillon, I think a lot of it stems to not only from like our hate of Aaron Jones in general, but just the fact that last year, remember they were getting ready for the playoff push. AJ Dillon didn't have more than five carries in any game except for one. And it was the game when Jamal Williams was hurt in week 16 and they were blowing out Tennessee on their way to the playoffs. So to rest Aaron Jones, they sat Aaron Jones after like the first quarter and AJ Dillon had over 20 carries for 124 yards, two touchdowns, 26 PPR points. Like he had a massive game when he was given the workload it's part of the reason they felt okay letting Jamal Williams go this offseason. And I think when you see games pop up like that randomly, you get people in the community that all of a sudden get really excited about a player that otherwise you should kind of be fading. Again, he, he has the top 20 potential if Aaron Jones goes down, but I'm not banking on it. Yeah, even with him taking over some of that Jamal Williams job, we love Jamal Williams. For reference, the Packers also love Jamal Williams. Yeah. I don't think that was a comment on Jamal Williams so much as I've got A.J. Dillon here who's less expensive and I'm right. willing to roll it that way. Yeah, who I'm already I, invested in. Yeah, yeah, and it's just we're going to go ahead and move forward in this manner, and that is fine. It's just I would not expect that one game, and I think we agree, to just all of a sudden, oh, there's a committee now with Aaron Jones. No, that's not necessarily what's going to happen. He'll take over part of his old job plus the Jamal Williams job. He'll do that, and then he'll do a couple other things, right? So he has a role, but he's not going to be able to get the work consistently enough with Aaron Jones out there. They're too invested in Aaron Jones, and they love him too much to where where he's suddenly going to take that over. Yeah, they could have let him go when he re-signed. Yeah, and even when Jamal Williams was was out there doing that job, Jamal Williams, realistically, for fantasy purposes, never really got much above the mid-30s, right? He was a name you needed to know, and he would have big weeks occasionally. So that's what I would expect, realistically, and why I have A.J. Dillon rated the way that I do. Don't get suckered into... Oh, he had this huge game, and oh, now there's one less mouth to feed. That means AJ Dillon automatically is going to get like this huge uptick in, in everything. I wouldn't get that twisted. He will have games like that, but it's not going to be consistent enough for you to want to time it. So AJ Dillon in underdog best ball, for example, very, very interesting towards where the price point you have to actually put up for that. Because if something was to happen and I don't have to time it, there might be some random yeah. week where AJ And Dillon right now he in underdog, he's going at RB thirty five. So. So there you go. So that's much more where I'd be interested to pay that that type of that type of thing. So as far as redraft purposes, I would I would temper my expectations slightly. But that really is the Packers in a nutshell. Yep. There's only so many things that are interesting to talk about as far as like things that'll be consistent enough to roster in a redraft league. So well, we're gonna break it here and we will be back next week. We'll be we'll be uh we'll be sitting down and you'll for you it'll be literally the next day, and we'll be sitting down to talk about a topic that I know is near and dear to my my colleague's heart here, uh, the Houston Texans football team and organization will be first on the docket. So get ready for that. That'll be tomorrow for you. 
and uh, we'll see you then. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!